Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. As we gather here this morning, we're reminded of the battles that were fought for our freedom and independence. We're reminded of the sacrifices that were made for us to be here today. Because our forefathers fought against the tyranny that they saw in this world, that a tyranny that controlled their lives. They declared their independence, they recruited soldiers, and they fought off the British Empire to achieve their, their limited view of freedom. So what do you think kept those soldiers fighting when they saw their brothers in arms torn down by muskets and cannons? What made them stay on that battlefield? I would argue it was hope. Hope for a better future. Hope for freedom. And it's a funny thing, hope. It can be as quiet as a whisper but it can have the strength of a lion's roar. It can be as small as a mouse, but have the shadow of an elephant. It can be the slightest ray of sunshine on the darkest of days. So let's turn now to my friend, Samwise Gemji, uh, and he's my friend, as he explains the importance of hope. By rights, we shouldn't even be here. <laughs> It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be happy? stories had lots of chances of turning back only they didn't they kept going because they were holding on to something what are we holding on to Sam There's some good in this world, Mr. Fertile, and it's worth fighting for. If you look throughout Scripture, you'll see many stories about the type of hope that Sam is talking about. There's a passage in Ezekiel that I would like to share with you. And a little background on this story, because unfortunately we're not all biblical historians. Um, 
A little background is this is a time in the 6th century BCE. And this is where the Jewish people are in exile, and they're an oppressed minority within the ancient Near Eastern Empire of Babylon. They lost their land. They lost their independence. They lost their friends. They lost their family. Their identity of God's chosen people seemed uncertain, and God had seemed far from them. God's power seemed to have abandoned them. And this, what we're talking about, is a vision of disaffection. But... Instead of despair in the face of death and destruction, what we hear is an astonishing word of hope. We find in Ezekiel 37, the prophet is swept up by the Spirit of the Lord and placed in a valley that's full of bones. The Lord showed the prophet the vast number of dry bones in the valley, and the Lord asked the prophet, can these bones live? And the prophet replies, only you know, Lord. And the Lord said to the prophet, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. It continues in verse 7. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise. A rattling, bones coming together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. And I prophesied as the Lord had commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then the Lord said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, listen closely to what they say. Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. It continues. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God. I am going to open up your graves and bring you up from your graves. Oh, my people. And I will bring you back into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open up your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. In our world today, it can feel like we're surrounded by a desert full of dry bones. Our oceans are rising. Our people are in extreme poverty. Our people are being murdered by those sworn to protect us. Our people are starving. Our people are houseless. Our people are being exploited. How can we not grow hopeless and cynical when faced with these injustices in our world? 
But you see, the hope of God is what can carry us through this fight, our fight. It's the hope of God that says to these dry bones, live, and there in the valley we can start to see bones coming together and being brought back to life. The sound of dry bones rattling deafens the noise of hopelessness. And we know that through the grace of God, we can live. We can be agents of change in our world, and we can bring the hope of the Lord to those around us. You see, it was hope that kept those revolutionary soldiers fighting. It was hope that encouraged them to keep going when all seemed lost. It was hope that led abolitionists like Sojourner Truth to fight for their fellow humans, to speak out and rise up against the atrocities of slavery and fight to put an end to it. It was hope that led Susan B. Anthony to fight for the rights of women, to fight for the rights for their vote, to bring agency to their being. It was hope that led civil rights leader like Cesar Chavez to march to the California Capitol demanding fair treatment for migrant farm workers. It was hope that led Dr. King and Malcolm X to fight against the injustices that were taking place in our country. It was hope that led the March on Washington, and it was hope that said, I have a dream. It was hope that caused a small family from an Italian village to board a boat to America, to plant roots in Brooklyn, to have a family that would one day lead to their great-grandson speaking in front of you today. It is hope that changes our history. You see, it was hope that freed the Israelites from slavery. It was hope that brought them into the promised land. It was hope that raised up the kingdom of Israel, and it was hope that kept them going when it was destroyed. It was hope that gave them the resilience to withstand centuries of oppression and exile, and it was hope that rolled away that stone on a Sunday morning. It was hope that rushed the good news throughout the world. This is how powerful hope can be. So what are we going to do with the hope that we get from the Lord? Are we to go about our lives with our heads in the sand? Are we to say that that work is for someone else to do? Are we to pretend like we have not been transformed by the hope of God? Tell me then, how are our peoples to eat of the bread of life when they are starving? How are our people supposed to worship in the house of God when they have no home? How are our people supposed to revel in the love of God when they are hated? How are our people supposed to receive the gift of life? when they are dying. No, this work cannot be left to others. We are meant to be the body of Christ. We are meant to bring the hope of the Lord into this world. We are meant to show his love to those around us. So the question we're left with is how? How do we bring the hope of the Lord into this world? Jesus gives us a very complex and yet a very simple answer. In Mark 12, a scribe comes up to Jesus and he goes, Jesus, what's the number one commandment? And Jesus replies, he says this. Firstly, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Then Jesus continues. He says the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment should be the foundation of how we live our lives as Christians. 
The first part is about our relationship with God. The second part is our relationship with all those around us. You see, in order to bring the hope of God into this world, we must love our neighbors as ourselves. So how do we love ourselves? We love ourselves in many ways. We make sure that we're clothed, that we have food, a roof over our heads. We love ourselves when we make sure that our children are taken care of and that they grow up with all types of opportunities. We make sure that we're respected and treated as human beings and have what we need to lead a good life. And if we work to ensure that we have all of these things, then we need to love our neighbor with the same energy and care. Because if I'm not concerned with the needs of my neighbor, then I am not upholding the greatest commandment. This is how we bring hope into this world. And we also need to realize that as humans, we fall short from time to time. We're not always going to uphold that level of love. We're not always going to live up to the greatest commandment. But this is why I say we need to be a vessel for the love of God. We need to be a vessel for the hope of God in this world. Because we can't love the same way that God does. And we can know if we're being a good vessel or not. Well, how, how can we know this? Well, to do this, we must first understand God's, God's unconditional love, which is just that, unconditional. God's love for a person does not stop because of their political beliefs, their skin color, their sex, their gender. God's love for a person does not stop because of their past, because of their sexual orientation, or even their religious beliefs. So we must know that the love that we show others can't stop at those points or any other point that we might get hung up on. This is how we access vessels for the love of God. This is how we bring heaven to earth. I'd like to share with you a poem written by Teresa of Avila. You guys all know her, right? She's a 16th century nun. She came from a very rich family, uh, was like next, she was a princess, she could have been married to any king ever. She renounced her family's wealth and social status to go, be a, to go live in a convent and serve, her, serve the Lord with her life. She says this, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes which which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet which which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands. Yours are the feet. Yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. If you'd humor me for a moment. Let's all close our eyes for a second. Just do it. See, I'm closing my eyes too. You shouldn't see me closing my eyes because your eyes are closed. <laughs> Picture your community. Picture your state. Picture your country. Picture your world. Bring to mind the injustices that you see in these places. Now pick one, just one. Just focus on it for a moment. 
Now open your eyes. Look at your hands. Look at your feet. Look at your body. I want everybody to lay your hand on your throat. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. We can all do this. It's important to the sermon. <laughs> do you feel your breath? Do you feel your life? Let's pretend we're at the doctor's office. Everybody go, ah. Uh, come on. Ah. Uh. Do you hear it? Do you hear the dry bones rattling? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here. We are so grateful. So grateful that you brought this hope into our lives. We are so grateful for the love that you show us each and every day. Lord, I pray that we can be vessels to, to this world. I pray that we continue to show those around us the love that you give us. I pray that you challenge us in our lives, that we may live up to our calling. Lord, thank you so much. I just pray that you open our eyes to the injustices around us, that we may move in our community, that we may move in this world. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the grace, hope, and love that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.